So I, I gave up all my dreams at 13 miles. I gave up all my dream of trying because I just started living that life of mediocrity where, you know, when things get tough, it's okay to just try another day. And, and I go out there my very last day, I put a headlamp on, we live a half a block from a dirt trail and I'm a half a mile into my last workout of 75 hard and my trail, my headlamp dies. Like anybody that's ever ran at night in the wilderness knows how dark that is at 10 o'clock at night, 11 <laughs> o'clock at night. So I'm running and oh, running. No. Well, all I had was my iPhone with me. So I, I cranked up the, the, the little iPhone <laughs> flashlight and I ended up doing 14 miles that night. And it was just so empowering to know that, hey, I can now I can do hard things. You know, John's back. He doesn't have to be a victim anymore of, the, of life or a victim of the situation. But I started to be brave enough to take the power back into my own life and say, you know what, if I just have a never, if I don't give up on myself, my body and my mind's a lot stronger than I was given it credit for. Running 100 miles seems impossible and maybe even kind of crazy. And it is, but we believe in big crazy dreams. That's why we ran 100 miles. It was such a life-changing experience for us we decided to devote this podcast to preparing and inspiring you to run your first ultra race. Are you ready to feel the highest highs and the lowest lows? Are you ready to do what you once thought was impossible? Are you ready for your trail to 100? Thank you for joining us here on Trail to 100. I'm Jacob Bateman, and joined along with me is my beautiful and lovely wife, Melody. And joined along with us today is John Shaw. Now, we had a great conversation with John, one of my favorite interviews so far. John grew up running, but then later on in his adult life, found himself in a few car accidents all within a couple years span and with that he had a hurt back a hurt neck running kind of went by the wayside didn't know if he'd ever really get back into it again long story short john is going to share his story of how he overcame those car accidents how he overcame that back and neck pain and how he was able to reignite his mind and reignite his body to where he has now run a couple marathons and he's even ran around 37 miles he says on a track so john has a goal to run his first ultra here at the end of the year and he's continuing to press forward with that goal and you're not going to want to miss how john overcame everything and has become an ultra runner thank you john for joining us today both me and melody are very excited to hear your story as You've told us briefly beforehand about what you've been through and how you've bounced back. We want to know your story. So tell us, John, where did running start for you? And we understand you had ended up having a setback later on and how you overcome. So let's just give us that brief history of what's gone on through your running career. Yeah, thanks, guys. That was quite an introduction. Uh, first, Thank you for having me on. It's an absolute honor. I've been a longtime listener and fan of the podcast. To answer your question, running started for me at a, at a young age. I had a buddy, a young, first grade, second grade in uh, grade school, and he says, hey, you want to run a 5K? And I said to him, like, what's a 5K? I'm thinking like Kellogg's, like special case cereal, like what's <laughs> a 5K? I had no idea what a 5K was. 
He's like, it's a race. I'm like, okay, how long is it? It's 5K. I, I literally no concept of what it was. So I sign up for the race, get ready to run, and I wake mom up and say, hey, mom, will you take me to this race? It was just a little local 5K that was being done in the neighborhood. And she says to me, John, make sure you're wearing your Nikes. Well, I had Nike like flip-flop sandals, and I had Reebok tennis shoes. And I said, mom, I'm wearing my Reeboks. No, wear your Nikes. And I'm like a young kid thinking, okay, I'll be obedient. So I threw on my sandals, get dropped off at the start line. My mom's still 90% asleep because she hadn't had her morning coffee yet. And I went and ran the whole race in my flip-flops. Ended up winning the age category. And then my mom says, how was it? It was good, except for my feet really hurt in these sandals. And so that kind of sparked it for me. Ended up running in high school, was recruited. We had a new high school that had a very young, you know, the basketball coach kind of comes out for the cross-country team kind of a deal. A new program uh -huh. they were trying to start up. So had some talent there was able to run at SMU for a little while. Injuries in high school kind of slowed me down, but really went from a competitive runner to just running for fun and, and for enjoyment. And then I decided I was going to try out and start training for the St. George Ironman. I had run Spartans and Tough Mudders. I had run all the road races and obstacle races that you could do, but I was, I was going to try to do this ultra marathon. And, uh, or I'm sorry, this, uh, this Ironman. And I got rear-ended. Had a brand new forerunner, rear-ended. Didn't even have license plates yet. Oh. Started mm. that rehab process. It was pretty, pretty rough. My neck was really messed up. My back, my shoulders. Couldn't ride my bike around the block. I mean, I went from like wanting to do Ironman to couldn't ride my bike around the block. And it wasn't months later when I finally start stabilizing and getting better, I get rear-ended again. Six months later, someone blows a red light, a major accident again. So I had probably four or five accidents back to back to back where people had run red lights or rear-ended me over and over again, which really put me in a place where, like you said, a major setback where running around the block or riding my bike for years was just out of that, completely out of the question. So at this point, you've had all these accents. What the heck is going through your head? Like, are you starting to like, I know this is what I would do. I would start to kind of gaslight myself and think like, why, what am I doing wrong? Like, why do I keep, you know what I mean? Like, were you beating yourself up or like, what was going through your head with all these accidents? Yeah, great question. I think I'm a, a generally a very positive person. I always like glasses half full by nature. I don't think, oh, it's my fault. My thoughts go to like, oh, I must be a bad driver magnet. Like, I'm a good driver. I'm sitting at a red light, but these bad, unfortunate incidents keep happening to me. So it's not my fault. There must be just situations around me that are causing me. You know, and at the end of the day, it's no one's fault. That's why we call them accidents. But it was pretty demoralizing to see where you have so much standard and so much years of growth getting you to the point, that level of athleticism where you think, okay, Iron Man's my next goal to not being able to jog even just to release those like frustrations of the day that was pretty demoralizing but yeah i don't know life's crazy sometimes that's the truth what kind of injuries did you have i'm assuming whiplash what else mm -hmm. happened to your body in these car accidents you know you probably would be able to give me definitions and diagnosis is better than i'll be able to give you but just severe pain, like low back, mid back, shoulders, neck, 
the first accident I, I was going on, driving, looking in the rearview mirror, I saw the guy coming. And I was like, uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. So when I hit me and got that whiplash, my neck was turned to the right, almost where my chin and my shoulder were touching. And that neck flew back, and it just really messed up the right side of my neck. So trying to sleep wasn't wasn't happening. It was just just pain, discomfort, everywhere from like low back all the way up into the neck area. Mm. That's terrible. So tell us about the rehab process. So now you're you can't even jog. You're in lots of pain. Or was there rehab? Like, did you just were did was this like? Did you just I'm, keep on living? I'm just, gonna, I'm just done. I'm not gonna. You know, Iron Man's not for <laughs> me. Like, what 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 what'd you do at this point? You know, I didn't know what to expect. Having never been in an accident where I felt an injury, I just had this optimism of like, okay, give me a week and I'll bounce back. Like, I was kind of unwilling to believe that this might cause more than just a week of discomfort, right? Like a sore muscle, hard workout, that sort of thing. And as time went on and I saw that things weren't getting better and visit after visit, we did chiropractors, a lot of MRIs, started doing like massages and stuff. My muscles would just cramp right back up and just the spine and the alignments and stuff. My hips started going all in an alignment, started walking weird. It started causing other issues in my legs. Well, right about that time when I felt like I kind of started getting a good routine with different rehab going, I was given a promotion, given the opportunity to move from Southern Utah up to Northern Utah to advance a career in banking. And at that point, all of your, you know, all of the people that you're seeing are no longer available. And so I kind of went a couple months, probably three months of just getting moved in, getting settled, learning the new job. And that's when I was re-rented for the second time. And at that point, I, I couldn't put myself second or third on the to-do list. I realized that if there was any way that I was going to have happiness and being able to enjoy my kids and be comfort, I had to put my priority list. I had to put myself up a little bit higher. And so that's when I started seeking out other people to, to help me. So how long did this rehab process go on for? So, and, and was the rehab process, so you mentioned chiropractors, massage. Did you do anything else? Luckily, there was nothing that was like hugely messed up. So I didn't have to do any minor surgeries. I didn't have to do anything like that. But it was just a lot of chiropractors, a lot of stretching, a lot of like strength building, a lot of trying to work your muscles back into alignment. I know they always gave me all these big packets of what to do for your neck, what to do for your shoulders, what to do for your back. And I didn't read them as maybe as much as I should have, but I sure tried as much as I had time. And I was leaving Salt Lake City at like seven in the morning to get up to the bank in Ogden by 830. And then I would work till 630, have chiropractor, massage, different PT, physical therapy stuff until 830. I wouldn't get home till 1030 at night. You know, I've got a wife and a newborn baby. And so the, the hours were pretty crazy. And so even though they had great intentions and told me to read this packet and do all these stretching, there was just times when I got home exhausted and wanted to eat and go to bed and kind of rinse and repeat. So I don't know, maybe that explains yeah. why I wasn't as maybe proactive at reading the packets as I should have been. But <laughs> I think that's totally understandable. I think a lot of people can relate. I always, I am a physical therapist assistant and did that for a little bit. And now I'm a medical 
um, massage therapist working out of a chiropractic clinic. And I see the homework that people sent that people are sent home with. And I'm like, that's so important. And yes, that is the stuff that people need. But I'm like, who, who has time to do that? These are like full time working people who are coming to the office after work, and then they have to go home and do their home responsibilities. And I, I, I work with clients now who are like, yeah, my physical therapy exercises take me 30 minutes to an hour every single day. And that's on top of their, their run training and strength training and things. And I'm like, it's just a lot of work. Your office visit times too, you know, and spend an hour, two hours in the office. And yeah. Yeah. What point did you start to get back into running? You know, I never really wanted to give it up. I tried to jog around the block, run a mile, mile and a half. But there wasn't anything much more than that going on. You know, I remember specifically taking, I was on a cycle, uh, a cycling ride. And I rode for 20 minutes and for a week and a half, I'm like my neck, my back. And so it wasn't until Mm -hmm. January 1st, 2020, left the bank, started working, doing sales with my brother He's a regional manager for a, a local uh, security company. And he said, hey, we're going to do what's called a 75 hard challenge. And I said, that sounds like 75 days of stuff I don't want to do. I don't want to do. <laughs> and, you know, I think sometimes we do the right things for the wrong reasons. And I was definitely in that camp where peer pressure started saying, we're going to, you know, drink a gallon of water a day. I'm like, I'll do that. Read books. I'm like, all right, no problem. But it came down to those two workouts and, and sticking to a diet. And I'm like, well, I love my snacks at night, you know, like a little little bowl of ice cream or something, right? And these oh, yeah. two workouts, that sounds like a lot. Physically, for the last four years or so, I've not been able to run more than a mile, mile and a half. I'm a little guy. Like, I'm 140, 145. And so for me to go to the gym, you can imagine, like, a little self-conscious there. Never really been a gym guy. more been an outside exercise guy. And so I'm like, how am I going to do two workouts a day where one of them has to be inside, one of them has to be outside? And so I just started one day at a time, you know, just started jogging and walking and jogging and walking and slowly started just increasing. But it was January 1st that we started a 75 hard challenge. I thought, man, if I could run like a 10K at the end of this, that would be life changing. And throughout the process of just every day working out, no excuse, that peer pressure of having to check in with all the other managers and all the other teams, I found myself getting stronger and I never thought I would be able to do it again between family. And I just filled that time with other things, social media at night, just endless scrolling, watching movies, just things that never really helped me as a human, but they were just time wasters. I just filled my life with all of that. And as I cut that out, started focusing on the health and the longevity, my happiness started to increase. I had more energy. I was more present with my kids. I was able to play with them more on the playgrounds. And so I said, you know what? I was scared to tell people my goals because I was, you know, the fear of not being able to achieve them. But I thought halfway through this thing, I went on a six mile run today and I'm not messed up. If I could run a half marathon at the end of this, just like 13 miles, Like I get emotional just thinking about it, but I was in so much pain for so long that the thought to be able even to just go out and jog 13 miles was, I I couldn't even like, I was scared to even think the thought. And so by the end of it, you know, like spoiler alert, I was able to go out there. COVID started hitting. It was crazy. Our race got canceled. 
So I, I gave up all my dreams at 13 miles. I gave up all my dream of trying because I just started living that life of mediocrity where, you know, when things get tough, it's okay to just try another day. And, and I go out there my very last day, I put a headlamp on, we live a half a block from a dirt trail. And I'm a half a mile into my last workout of 75 hard. And my trail, my headlamp dies. Like anybody that's ever ran at night in the wilderness knows how dark that is at 10 o'clock at night, 11 <laughs> o'clock at night. So I'm running and oh, running. No. Well, all I had was my iPhone with me. So I, I cranked up the, the, the little iPhone flashlight <laughs> and I ended up doing 14 miles that night. And it was just so empowering to know that, hey, I can now, I can do hard things. You know, John's back. He doesn't have to be a victim anymore of, the, of life or a victim of the situation. But I started to be brave enough to take the power back into my own life and say, you know what, if I just have a never, if I don't give up on myself, my body and my mind's a lot stronger than I was given it credit for. We will return right back to our show after a word from our sponsor. For the ultimate in backcountry comfort, check out the high quality gear of Teton Hammock Company. Whether you're going for an overnight trip or a week-long adventure, the ultra-light outdoor equipment from the Teton Hammock Company will keep you warm, dry, and sleeping like a baby. Their products are made of top-quality materials that outperforms all others. Check them out at tetonhammocks.com. With an S, that is tetonhammocks.com. Hang with the best, Teton Hammock Company. Now back to the episode. Whoa, that is amazing. You ran 14 miles with an iPhone light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. I made it about 10 miles on trail. And at that point, I was like, I'm not giving up. And so I finished the end of the loop. And I just started running through the neighborhoods and running in neighborhoods that I never ran in because I never thought I thought they were too far away. And I said, you know what? That's why my 13 mile half marathon dream turned into like 14 and change. But I was like, you know what? I've made it 10 miles. I've done it in the dark with nothing but an iPhone light. Nothing could stop me now. Like nothing could stop me from reaching my goals. Mm -hmm. And just those little wins along the way of realizing, hey, I ran a 5K. I ran three miles today and I'm not messed up the next day. Hey, I actually ran five miles. It's the first time in years I ran that far. It wasn't easy. There was many days where I walked as far as I, I jogged, but slowly eating right and having that, that consistent goal I just found myself getting stronger and stronger. So that's beautiful. That's what this podcast is all about. I love that you touched on little milestones. You know, you did a 5K and then 10 miles, and then you just slowly worked your way up. And with each milestone, you were like, oh, like, look, I did it. I wonder if I could go more. And and then you got to the point where you're running an iPhone at 10 o'clock at night. 14. That's just awesome. I love yeah, it. I I think you're right. And I think that as humans, we're always taught to like look at the goal down the road and we sometimes forget the journeys, but it's those little milestones along the way that you need to celebrate and let yourself know that, Hey, you might have a timeline in your goal and that's okay. But just because you don't hit it at a specific timeline doesn't mean you won't hit that goal. So celebrate the little journeys, the little victories, like even day after day, if you can see that I went out, laced up my shoes and went and worked out, or I did some cross training today, or I watched what I was eating. So I like my push in that needle, I'm getting a little bit more healthy, a little bit stronger, a little bit closer to my goal. Like I chalk that up to a win. 
you know, and if you lost today, then do better tomorrow. I think if you just have that like consistent goal where you're, I'm not where I want to be today, but I'm becoming that goal. I'm becoming closer to my dreams and my goals. Stack those wins, you know, like take that as power and, and let it push you forward. Amen. And what I think is cool, I don't know. I mean, I know a little bit about back pain. I have, I have some family members. I, I massage people with back pain all day, every day. And the thing with back pain, and tell me if your experience is similar, is it's not that it keeps you from functioning. Like you can still go to work. You can still make dinner. You can still do things. But it's just this constant pain that's there all day, every day, just sucking your energy. And I think it's one of those things that maybe a lot of people don't really understand because they see you functioning. They see you going to work. Other people just don't understand how that pain drains you. So uh, to, to overcome that, I think is amazing. Yeah. Luckily I I was blessed with an injury that allowed me to overcome, you know, I'm not going to pretend like I can speak for everybody with back pain or everybody who's had an injury. It wasn't until my why became greater than my pain that things started to change. And so I just, I just am blessed. (laughs) My why became greater than my pain. My why, my reason for doing it became greater than the reason holding me back. And it wasn't until that day that I decided to like overpower, like my, my goals were more important. I think one tagline that I, I get from my brother who probably got it from a book because he's an amazing leader. But he says, you pay the price today to pay any price tomorrow. The idea is that like, if you're willing to work hard for your goals today, then tomorrow you're going to have the strength. You're going to have the means financially. You're going to be able to pay any price tomorrow, but you have to do the work today in order to get there. Um, same kind of idea if you want to be able to pay any price without looking at the price tag, then you need to learn to work without looking at the clock. You just put in the work consistently day after day. And then those results are just a natural, just naturally come, I guess. So here's the thing. We can make an entire t-shirt line with all of the quotes you just gave us. (laughs) I'm like, I'm like trying to write them all down. I'm going to put them in the show notes and I'm, it's just gold nugget after gold nugget after gold nugget i'm i'm obsessed also my favorite the one i made you repeat my why became greater than my pain that gives me chills i feel emotional i want to hang that up in our house somewhere that is the best quote i've ever heard in my life thank you so much for sharing that you know and and just along lines with that we were watching a uh the Cocodona 250 mile race just happened and we were watching there's like a zoom meeting with five of the racers who did it and they were like basically recapping their their race and talking about how it went and I remember I think they talked about it a little bit but I remember thinking like I wanted to know like because you know if you I think Mike McKnight actually he was on it and he was talking about his why of why he why he did the race and that how his why was the reason that helped push him you know and he talked about if your why if your reason for why you're doing it is isn't enough then you're never going to do it because especially once you you know get into running long distances it's just not going to happen and it just made me really think about you know like how important the why is yes like 
before we sign up for a race, you know, before we set these goals, like, you know, goals are awesome and it sounds great, but let's really establish our, our, why we want to do it, you know? And, and that's, and I know with me, I'm trying to get back into shape to run another hundred and my why's kind of changed from my first time I've done it. And I've realized at first I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this, but my training wasn't really getting on track. But then once I'm like, why am I really doing this? And I, then I, you know, I figured it out and now I'm like, all right, let's do this. You know, the pain, the pain, I know it's going to be long and that's going to be hard, but let's do this. So this is my question. There's there's a lot of pride in being able to accomplish a hard thing. Sorry. Go ahead, Melody. Yeah, for sure. So I'm, I just want to ask, what is your why? Why are you doing what you're doing? It's, you know, honestly, and it's cliche and it's nothing new and earth shattering, but I've got two kids that I would do anything for. And my little girl, Jade Melody is her name. She's got the curliest little, cutest little curly hair. And she looks at me when she sees a swing set when we're driving, she might see one poking up from a wall from a neighbor's yard. And she says, dad, I want that in my yard. My little son, I, I run motorcycles. And he says, dad, why haven't you bought me a motorcycle yet? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> um, so I, I have, was blessed with the parents that, ha- you know, my mom's a, a hairdresser, owns a salon. My dad's an attorney. They were a small restaurant owner growing up on top of those things. So I lived a privileged lifestyle. And so I feel a sense of obligation to give my kids the best that I'm able to give them, right? And maybe I'm weird. Maybe you guys can relate. I don't know. But I feel like I can give up on myself easier than I can give up on my kids or my wife. Mm-hmm. That's it. You know, I think about if we you. work hard in our 30s and our 40s and we keep our in our 20s, 30s, 40s, if we can keep our health in check, we can keep our weight in check, if we can work out and stay healthy. We get the blessings for that in our 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. Like, we're there for those important moments. Amen. Agreed. It's so true. It's so true. I mean, with I, I've brought this up multiple times in, in our podcast. I, I just think it's awesome. But my dad, he recently lost a ton of weight. He got into running. He's actually running his first marathon tomorrow morning and he's coming over here to spend the night and let's go. We're, we're getting him all ready for it. The Ogden Marathon. The Ogden Marathon. So it really um has been awesome. You know, he's changed his eating. He's gotten into running. He has a goal to do an ultra marathon after this. And to be able to spend time with him and run with him. And he you know, grandkids are are starting to pop up and and to watch him turn to a grandpa and to have energy to play with his grandkids. And, and that has just been really eye opening for me to, to watch that and to watch this transformation. And it's taught me that that's what it's all about. And that's why it's important to stay healthy right now. So like you said, once, once you get to that point, you can really, really enjoy your posterity, honestly, and and you can make those memories and, and, and you can just, enjoy life more when you're not in constant pain you know like like you know like like once you overcame that and you weren't thinking about your pain all the time it it is just uh, such a a big difference you can finally focus on things and you have you have more energy to do things and your quality of life just skyrockets when you're not always in pain well isn't it interesting too when you start working out start getting in better shape and you start kind of that confidence level goes up, your happiness starts to go up. 
you start believing in your ability to do other things outside of like just fitness because you're like, Hey, I can do these things. You start just as part of that confidence circle. And isn't it also inspiring as runners and athletes that our energy and our happiness and our light warms other people's up to, uh, to the same possibility, right? Like you're, if it wasn't for you guys going out and doing this crazy goal of doing a hundred miles, I remember listening to your podcast where your parents were like, has this gotten out of your system? You're not going to do this anymore, right? Remember they were saying that to you guys? <laughs> but now look at your dad. Look at your dad, you know? It's just incredible that we're able to kind of give that gift and that blessing to other people and help them enjoy that as well. That's super neat. I'm proud of you and your dad for doing that. Oh, thank you. Wow. I feel like I'm going to hug everybody right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, John... We, we heard about you doing, you know, your, your half marathon plus change, just going out there, running on your own in the dark with an iPhone. Awesome. Yeah. What, what happened after that? Where did you want to run a longer distance? Were you like, oh, I'm happy with this? Like what was going through your mind? Like running wise after you did that? I'm like, when can we stop this COVID nonsense? And when can we start opening races again? I could not wait to run. So I, 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 signed up for the St. George marathon and could not wait to run it. And they canceled it. I went to, to California. I was in orange County working for the summer and obviously California, everything was canceled. So I maintained my fitness, but I really didn't have any goal, any race for most of 2020 because just everything was shut down. And so I've had, you know, kind of that roller coasters of ups and downs. I've always maintained fitness but really as the races started opening back up, a St. George marathon opened up and ran last year. I was able to train for that. That was my first big race. It was the St. George marathon to get out and run that again. Just so happened that my wife went out with some other ladies. They all got COVID. They brought it home. All the husbands got COVID. So right in the middle of my training block, I am knocked out with COVID. And, and you know, I worked, I worked hard. I didn't let it get me down too much, but physically it drains you, you know? So I think the longest run I was able to do before the marathon was maybe like eight or 10 miles. And so I wow. get out to the St. George marathon and I'm like, do I, my shoes were at that point where I'm like, they need to be replaced, but I've got this marathon in a week or two. Do I buy new shoes? Do I try to hold on to these ones? I don't want to like run in new shoes. Right. And so I get out there and run the St. George Marathon, and by mile two, my foot is on fire, and I'm like, this is going to be a long day. At mile eight, I'm like, I really would call and say, hey, this is not working out for me. Maybe I should, you know, get new shoes and try again tomorrow. But you're in the middle of the race. So by halfway point, I'm like, this is going to be a grueling battle. Ended up finishing that race at like four hours, but it was, it was a battle. So I've ran a couple marathons. I have... Oh, so my, the same brother that told us we were going to do the 75 day challenge that pushed us into, you know, the fitness that we've been talking about. We were in a meeting recently and he said to us on a Thursday, within a couple of days, Monday, we're running this marathon. Everybody showed up to the local high school, five shoes, we're running a marathon. And so most of these kids had never ran more than <laughs> a couple miles in their whole life. And being oh a my runner myself, and having ran for the last couple of years, I'm like, okay, we got this. So we ran 105 laps around the local high school and we had about 30 of us that ran a marathon, probably 29 of the 30 of us ran a marathon for the first time. 
And uh, it was neat. I ended up running the whole 26 miles, 26.2. But then here's the problem that I have. If these are your friends and they're out there in pain and they're running the marathon, you just sit there and be like, you got this. Or do you run with them and help them push it in? You find someone struggling and you're like, come on, man, I got you. Because that's the type of person I am. And so I ended up running like 37 miles that day. Just kept running with my friends, kept putting in extra miles. And so I maybe count that as my first like mini ultra, like maybe, I don't know. Is that like a 50K? That's an ultra. I count it. (laughs) But, you know, again, I've got a friend, Josh Ryan, that we've been on the podcast that's run these ultras. He's ran across the entire state of Utah because he's crazy. A friend or acquaintance that I had years ago, Zach Marion, has ran many ultras, ran around the world. So I keep seeing people that were like Zach when I met him was just a kid in school and never ran. And then he took a job at the running store. I'm like, well, that's weird. He's not really much of a runner. And next thing I know, he's running all over the world and he's in magazines and he's a, a phenomenal runner. So I thought, you know what? If these people have this hidden potential that they were uh, able to unlock, why not me? Why not me too? So. That's amazing. Amen. You know, I think everybody has that in them. It's just about unlocking your potential. Like you said, it's just about figuring out how to find those parts of you and, and how to unlock it. Sure. Uh-huh. So some people when, are really good with so uphills. Now, some people are downhills. Go ahead. Yeah. And finding your strengths. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Finding yeah, strength. yeah. So now when are you going to do that first official ultra? Sounds like you already have done one. You're an ultra runner. <laughs> yeah. You're an ultra runner. You're an ultra runner. You ran <laughs> 37 miles. I need that belt buckle to be official, track. official. So I'm running the San Francisco Marathon. I'm in, in Bay Area working this summer. I'm running the San Francisco Marathon on the 24th of July, which is also my wife's birthday, and she was kind enough to let me sign up. I'm running the St. George Marathon in October, and then after that my race, race schedule is open. And I think Josh just needs to throw down the gauntlet and give me that challenge. I'm ready for it. Calling Josh out. All right, Josh, <laughs> we know you're listening. <laughs> I will make sure to personally send this podcast to him. So please do. That, I, I think, honestly, I can't wait. Um, he he sent me my, every two weeks, I get a new workout schedule from Josh. And he said to me, hey, are you feeling Okay mentally are you getting like drained and i'm like literally if you tell me to stop i won't he's having to tell me slow down your pace like like it's okay he's trying to tell me to run less miles so i don't get injured i'm i've been running with josh for quite a while now and i just am absolutely 100 percent all in that's amazing that's awesome well we are excited to hear how your marathons go we're excited to hear what that first ultra signup is going to be. Yeah. We, we want to see updated. And and also this is kind of random change of subject. I just wanted to ask, did you finish the 75 hard challenge? I did. Just if you haven't heard of it. Yeah. Andy Frisella podcast, 75 hard, Google it wherever you're finding this podcast and you can find 75 hard. And then James Lawrence, the iron cowboy, he's an amazing endurance athlete as well. Check him out if you have Amazon Prime. He's got a very inspirational documentary on the Amazon whatever. They've got a great challenge. It was it was good for me. Changed my life. Cool. I I think that's really cool to hear. To be honest, I've had 
personally, I have mixed feelings about the 75 hard challenge. So I, I like to hear that, that it's done some people some good. I, I know that's done a lot of people good. <laughs> anyway, so before we let you go, John, and once again, we thank you so much for, for coming on the pod today. But we just wanted to ask you. We know you claim you're not an official ultra runner because you haven't you, run an official You are race, in our eyes. But I guess if you're claiming that, then we can't claim that we've run 100 miles because it was just a self-supported one. We don't have a buckle. We don't have a buckle either. Anyways. Uh-oh. Yeah. We do have some medals that our parents made us, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's some medals back there. You're by Melody. Those are our, made by our parents for our 100-mile race. <laughs> Anyways, what advice, we asked this to all our guests, what advice would you give to someone who says, hey, John, I've seen what you've been doing lately, like with your running and your fitness, and I think that's awesome, and and I myself want to get into like potentially running an ultra marathon, like a 50K one day. What advice do you have for me as I get started? In our day and age of instant gratification and downloads and streaming and automatic, right? We sometimes forget that hard work pays off. One of my favorite rap lines in a Nelly song is if easy work paid off, then hard work would be worthless. And so all I tell people is don't give up on your dreams. When you have a bad day or a bad week, doesn't mean you have to have a bad month. If you look at January 1st, when everybody fills the, the gyms, why aren't they there May 1st? It's because they don't get the results they want. They're results-based, right? That's their bullseye. They don't hit the bullseye. They quit. They give up on their dreams. But instead of being results-based, work on the process, right? My identity needs to change. I am the type of person who just works out because I find enjoyment in working out. I eat healthy because it's who I am and it's where I want to lead my life. Well, what's the direct result of eating healthy and exercising? Is you're going to get more healthy. You're going to have longer runs. Focus on the process and the outcome will take care of itself. Focus on the process of setting your goal and chipping away a little bit at a time. And inevitably, maybe fast, maybe slow, don't give up on your dreams because it's just a matter of time. If you work at it long enough, you will be an Ironman. You will be an ultra marathoner. You will be a marathoner. You will be someone who's more healthy, more happy, and more successful. Just do not give up on yourself. That's, that's what I would say to, to leave for anybody who might be listening. I love it. Amen. You are my kind of my kind of guy, John. That's that is Thank amazing you so much. advice. That's the thing. It's about getting out the door even when you don't want to. Yeah. It's about Enjoying put, the putting process. in the work when it's hard. Yeah. And yeah. I love it. I love yep. it. Yep. I'm so excited to put this episode out. I know. I know, John. You, <laughs> the world needs to hear all of this. <laughs> this has been one of my favorite interviews, and I'm not lying. You this has been amazing. We can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast today. And just thank you for being the kind of human that you are and just adding light to the world. And if anybody wants to find you or they, they, they've heard some questions, they, they've heard you talk today and they have some questions for you. Is there a way uh -huh. that they can contact you? Absolutely. I'm on Strava. My name's John, last name Shaw, S-H-A-W. Find me on Strava. My Instagram handle is at johnshaw762. It's an open page. Ask me questions about business. Ask me questions about running. I love helping people. Anything you guys need from me, I'm always there for whoever's brave enough to ask for help. 
I love it. And we'll put all of that in the show notes as well. Thank you. Well, thank you, John. We really appreciate you coming on today and just best of luck to you as you go after those marathons this year and, and also go after your business goals and your family goals as well. Cause it's just, you're inspiring. Yeah. We'll be cheering you on. Keep us updated on what races you're doing and, and please let us know when you sign up for your first ultra. So a big thank you goes out to John for taking time out of his work day to hop on that call and do that interview with us. I know I definitely enjoyed what he had to share. I love his mindset about overcoming hard things and mastering your body and letting the mind really lead you um, to new places and new frontiers. Make sure you review our podcast either on Apple or Spotify. We would greatly appreciate it. It helps us as we continue to try to bring you guys great content here on the Trail to 100 podcast for beginner ultra runners. Make sure you join our Facebook group. We have a page and a group. Make sure you like the page, but also join the group and share your experiences there. We're also looking for more guests. So if you have an ultra running experience or just starting out on your journey or just ran your first ultra or know someone who has a great story that others can learn from like such as me and you we're just all beginner ultra runners here trying to help each other out please reach out to us either through facebook or instagram just called trail to 100 send us a message and we would love to bring on more guests Thank you for joining us here today. We appreciate you as well taking the time to listen to this. We will talk to you all next time. This episode was brought to you by Jacob the Running Realtor. Next time you move in the state of Utah, hire a realtor who understands the importance of living where you love to run. Contact me through jacobtherunningrealtor.com. That is jacobtherunningrealtor.com. Live where you run.